And you picked a great day to be here, so uh, we're glad that you're here worshiping uh, with us. We are going to be resuming a, a new message, right? We started a new message last week, uh, and it being officially December, right? What, what was we talking about? Christmas, right? <laughs> I hope you know Christmas is coming, uh, and it goes as fast as it gets here. It gets here fast, and it goes, seems like, even quicker. The older you get, it's just like, uh, but... So I'm, I'm really excited. I got a lot of great feedback from last week. A lot of people really enjoyed the message. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, it, it was, our messages are always special and annoying, but I just feel like it was really, really, really great. And uh, I'm excited to, to, to take us a little deeper today. We're going to be focused on a, 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 a different Christmas carol, a new Christmas carol. And so we're going to do a, a new Christmas carol each week. And we actually sang it uh, this morning. And so we're on part two today, and we're going to be looking at O Come. All ye faithful. Somebody say, oh, come. Oh, come. Oh, come, all ye faithful. So that's, that's the Christmas carol we're going to be looking at. And, you know, I said this last week. It's really cool that Christmas carols, they really are the, the epitome, the, the essential part of what worship is. Uh, it's just, it, it encompasses not just our faith, but it, 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 it's just a reminder of, of just why we worship what worship is about, it's just all about Jesus, right? And what God did on that, that awesome first Christmas night. Uh, and Christmas carols, they tell that, that Christmas story, right? I'm calling it a Christmas event, right? Because to you and I, it ain't just a story. Come on, somebody, right? It, it, it's reality. It's an event. It's, it's, it's when God brought his presence to earth. That's something to talk about. And that's what Christmas carols do. They, they tell that event, they tell that story, that most monumental event to ever take place on the face of the earth. From now until God calls us all home, right? The most monumental event. And that's what's so cool about Christmas carols because they do that uh, in a way, in a, an avenue, really, of worship. And so... So I'm excited to go ahead and we're going to look at this Christmas carol today. So let's go ahead and look at that first point uh, this morning. And, and guess what was so cool? For the first time ever in Liberty Church's history, this morning we have no recap. Come on, somebody. Someone's excited. <laughs> we don't have any recap points this week because we are on a whole new Christmas carol. So I thought that was cool. I was like, come on. And someone's like, yeah, we might get done on time. Pastor Ian ain't going to go four hours today. Um, but yes, so today our Christmas carol is, O Come, like I said, uh, All Ye Faithful. This carol begins with an invitation. Uh, somebody say invitation. Uh, it invites us to come to God through Jesus Christ, His Son. Right? As we sing that, it's that, that, that worship song, that Christmas carol, it's, a, it's an invitation, right? O Come, anyone, all ye faithful, anyone that will believe, that can believe, that believes that Jesus is... Uh, the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah. If you have faith, come, see for yourself, worship, know, feel, uh, experience what God has freely given, right, to the earth for not, for not just a certain group of people or, or, or you got to look a certain way or talk a certain way or act a certain way. No, for all people, right? Jesus, that's what he did when he came. He, 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 I said last week, he leveled that playing field. Right? His, his gift is free. It's to every person, and all it takes is that faith. Right? It's an invitation for all who to believe to come and worship. And why are we worshiping? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because God gave. Right? That's simple. 
Why are we worshiping? Why are we singing Christmas carols? Why do we do all the things we do this time of year? John 3, 16, because God so loved, he gave, right? I know the world makes Christmas into a big thing, a big deal, because it is, but they do it for all the wrong reasons, right? It's all, it's all about parties and food, right, and gifts and presents, right? I said last week that God gave the first ever Christmas gift, the first ever Christmas present, and what was it? His presence. The first Christmas present was God's presence in the earth. The best Christmas present you can give this Christmas is the same thing. If you're born again, if you're saved, if you've seen him, if you know him, give his presence to somebody this Christmas. Somebody that may be struggling, somebody that's maybe hurting, somebody that maybe feels alone. You know, his presence has a great way of, of comforting and loving and forgiving and accepting. Right? And we can do that this Christmas. And, and you know what? It doesn't start, start and end with Christmas. That's really the message in the gospel uh, is tied to Christmas, but it, it can happen all year round as believers, and we have to walk that out, right? And so the first Christmas gift ever was sent through a holy baby, a holy baby, Jesus from heaven to creation. And let's look at that, uh, that next point on y'all's outline this morning. And so really it's that whole first uh, verse. And so last service, they talked me into going ahead and singing it. Do you all want me to sing it? Or you, we all, I said, I'll sing it if you all sing it with me. So are you all going to sing it with me? If you sing it with me, we'll do it together. Okay. Don't, y'all don't leave me hanging now. Don't be busting out the cell phones and filming me. I know we're online. If you're home watching online, you better sing it too. Don't be leaving me hanging. All right, I'm going to count us off. All right? One, two, babe. Three. Oh, come on, ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ. The Lord. Amen. Y'all sound good this morning. You know what's so cool though is that Christmas carols, they they so beautifully and, and simply and, and clearly just lay out what happened. Right? It's submersive. It, it, it brings you in to that Christmas event. And this this Christmas carol is really just that, like we said, it's an invitation for you to come and see and worship and experience God. And we get to do that every day if we choose. The message of the gospel is free. The invitation, the acceptance of God is free. And this Christmas carol is that. It's a declaration to come, it's an invitation to come. Let's get involved with what God 
is doing, right? God invites all people, somebody say all people, uh, with ears to hear, eyes to see, all people that still have life today can freely choose or accept the, the revelation of Jesus, but he invites all those with eyes to see and ears to hear to come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and see and experience for yourself, right? And do you know as we're talking about Christmas and, and presents, it's a lot like that. How, how crazy uh, would it be if somebody gave you a Christmas present, wrapped it all, took the time, went got you a gift, went wrapped it, made it look all nice, and gave it to you, and you just never opened it? Would any of us do that and just let it sit there and collect dust all year and the, the next year? And maybe that thing that you need, they went and bought you and you just, your blessing, your present is right there, but it's just unopened. The invitation of God is the same way for you and for me. Every day when the sun rises and we have breath and we have life, we can we can tap into that invitation. That free gift that was, was Jesus is available to you and me. All we have to do is open it, enter in, right? To come in, we have to, we have, to have an open, open spirit to see the truth of God and, 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 and to be willing to say, God, I'll say yes today. God, I'm not going to let this, this most precious gift go to waste in my life Today, right? How do we do that? All sorts of ways. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, God. Today, I choose you, God. Right? That's how we get it started. That's how we get it rolling. And then throughout our day, we're just, we're meeting with him. We talk with him. We fellowship with him, right? All, all that'll come and see is the invitation to all people. Uh, let's go ahead and let's look at that um, the Luke 2. We're going to actually look at the same scripture uh, that we gave y'all last week. It's really that. That Christmas story, I share that uh, our family reads it every Christmas morning. Uh, we're going to read it again today, okay, all the way through verse 17. So let's, there at verse 7, it says, She uh, gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. I want to stop there for a second. As I was reading this and studying this week, and I feel like the Holy Spirit just impressed this on me to share today. Uh, you know, when God is about to do something brand new in your life, brand new in our lives, something that you've never done, a new season maybe, a new relationship, something brand new, uh, it oftentimes is terrifying. <laughs> it sometimes is scary. It most times brings you out of your comfort zone, right? And so these shepherds were terrified most likely because of the appearance of angels magically showing up and appearing to them, right? But it's a little deeper. I'm trying to bring it home for you and me this morning because God is always wanting to do something new. And was God about to do something new that Christmas night? 
that Christmas morning? Yes. He was about to birth his presence in the earth. And so there were some, there were some scared, there were some terrified people. It meant something brand new was about to happen. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if you're in that place, something new, trust in God. Because when you trust in God, as we finish the rest of this, this scripture, there's blessings on the other side of that new thing that God is calling you to. Uh, and when we respond to that by faith, we get to experience those blessings. But when we say no or reject that, then we, we cut ourselves out of the story, out of the, the story that God, the divine story that God has for us. Amen? So verse 11, it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, What? Let's go to Bethlehem. And what? Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So in that moment, the shepherds had a choice, right? They could receive the word of God and they could, they could receive it and, and go and do something about it. Or they could reject it and deny it and stay put. What does it say? What does the Bible say? It says, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and let's go see ourselves, right? They were excited. They received that word. They, they wanted to, 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 to test that word. And so sometimes we just have to, we have to stay excited serving God. And when you're excited, you'll do things. You, you'll, you'll go where he asks. You'll do things. Um, you'll say things. Uh, you'll go and see and come and see. Uh, for yourself. And so after you have seen and met with the King of Kings, you can't but help celebrate with others. When God has done something in your life, something real, when he's answered a prayer, when you felt his presence, when you, God forbid, something crazy happens and his mercy and his grace is applied to your life. You escape something that you weren't supposed to escape from, Right? When you experience that, you can't but help share that and celebrate that with others. After the, after the shepherds, by their faith, went and saw for themselves, they went and told any and everybody for the rest of their lives and shared that with anybody who would listen, right? And so the biggest miracle that maybe ever happened in their lives, they could have missed out on it. If they hadn't gone. But they went and were a part of that and saw that and experienced that for themselves. Let's look at that next point. Kind of ties in what I'm saying. And so the invitation, uh, as this Christmas carol is really an invitation, it begins with, oh come and behold him. Beholding is, is setting something apart, is, is putting something higher in, in esteem and when we do that, it compels us to do something. It compels us to, to move. Somebody say move. 
moved from the field, this is really cool, where, where we heard about him to the manger where we actually see him. Right? When we behold him, the invitation, it moves us from the, the shepherds from the field to actually moving and going and seeing for themselves to the manger where we actually get to meet him and see him and experience him. Right? And we are invited then to gaze upon the beauty of God, beauty of the Lord, to see him, really God in the flesh. And so that, that's just so cool. So this morning, this Christmas, are you beholding him enough? Are you compelled to move for him, for God? Are you compelled to move from your metaphorical field, whatever that looks like or wherever that is or whatever season you're in, uh, to say yes to God, to say, you know what, I'm going to come, I'm going to see, I'm going to worship, I'm going to experience what God has for me. Because if you don't, what God's, what God-sized blessings, what God events, what, what, what God moments are you missing out on? What unwrapped presents are you not opening every single day? When you don't behold him to move for him and, and to be a part of what God wants to do in your life. See, because when you're invited to something, you always have a choice, right? Anybody ever been invited to a party, invited to an event, right? Invited to whatever it is. When that invitation comes, we all have a choice. We can say yes or we can say no. Right? And it's the same uh, with God. The shepherds, they could have stayed in the field. But they accepted an invitation and they went and saw and they experienced the biggest miracle of their lives. So that's really my Christmas prayer for us. Uh, this Christmas for us, even this morning, is that we would go and look. That we would go and experience. Go and see God for ourselves on a daily basis to really look and to really wonder in awe at the beauty of God. As I was thinking this week and, you know, Xander, we love Xander. Y'all know we love Xander, but he's just right now, he's really in this cool little season where he's just taking everything in. Like every season's great. But when they're really little, all they, all they really did was sleep. And you kind of you look at him, and he kind of looks at you, know, but he don't really kind of know what's going on. And me and Jessica were talking last night. He's just in that place right now where he's just taking everything in. And we were just, we sit, and we just, we're, we're captivated. We're in awe Amen. with him. Right? We don't have to have the TV on. We just sit there, and we, he starts laughing, and we laugh. We, we get, we get sucked into his, his beauty, his majesty as new life, new creation. And I'm not, I don't want to compare Xander to Jesus. He's not that. But what I'm trying to say is, I believe that same type of, of love and, and adoration for our earthly kids has to be the same for our desire, for our presence to spend time with God. Because you know what? The Bible says that if we as, as sinners know how to give good gifts, if we as parents know how to love and uh, have adoration for our kids, 
He knows how to do it much better. Right? Because he's your, earth, your heavenly father, right? Did you know that? And the way that me and Jessica look and gaze on Xander is how he looks and gazes on you every single day. And here's the good thing. Even when you're being unlovable, he still loves you the exact same. See, Xander hasn't done anything really to make us even mad at him yet. And so what's going to happen when we have to begin to discipline him or do things? We're going we're to have arguments probably one day. And I hope and pray it doesn't change my love for him, right? Because God, it doesn't change. His love is, is constant. That's the type of pure faith and pure worship that I hope and pray would happen, would take place this Christmas. Right? Because when that happens, it's real. Right? That's real love. That's real faith. And what would really happen in your life today if you really saw him? If you really experienced him, if you, if you examined him and watched him like me, examine and watch Xander and focused on every detail of God in your life this Christmas and got caught up in his majesty, what could happen in your life if you really saw him, if you really experienced him? Let's look at Job um, 42, verse 5 through 6. And I want to encourage you, if you've if you maybe ain't been in the book of Job in a while or have never read it, maybe never even heard of it, man, it is a great book. Because you know, it's actually the oldest book in the Bible. Oldest book in the Bible. Uh, there's just so much to learn from it. Uh, and Job, he says in a, a, something very astounding in these two scriptures we're going to give you. If you don't know the story, Job, he, he didn't even really do anything wrong. Uh, and the enemy's coming at him, uh, and he's, he's arguing with God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And at the very end of his story, he realizes one thing, something that each and every one of us have to realize, and that is, I am not God. Y'all say that with me. I am not God. When you realize that, you'll experience freedom. You'll experience breakthrough. And Job realizes that, and he says it. At verse 5, it says, I had only heard about you before, but now what? I have seen you. He says, now I've seen you. Now I've experienced you. Now I know who you are. I had only heard about you before, but now I see you. I take back everything I said, and I sit in the dust and ashes to show my repentance. When you really see him, you, you don't just love him. You realize that, you, that you're a sinner and you need a savior. And you realize your, your mess ups and, your, and you fess up. And you, and, and you look to him for your help, not as the, the thing that's trying to hold you back. And Job, he, he, he says that and we see him move to that place of faith. And so most times, hear me, hearing about God and seeing God and knowing God are two different things. Hearing about who Jesus is and knowing who Jesus is are two different things. See, Ian heard who Jesus was for 25, 26 years of his life. I, I'd heard about him, but I didn't know who he was. When Ian actually saw him and met him and knew who Jesus was, that was a wrap. Somebody say wrap. That was it. I'm done. I'm, I, I'm captivated. I, I trust you, God. And when I came to Jesus, my life was a mess. I've shared, I got saved and born again in a place called Teen Challenge. I, I had maybe four pairs of clothes. I didn't have a job. I had all sorts of court costs and fines, and my license was gone. I didn't have a job. I, 
But in that moment, I just knew it was all going to work out. And did it work out? You better believe it. That's an understatement. He blessed my socks off. I didn't know how, and I didn't even care. I was at the lowest of lows. I had, I had experienced success. I had went to college. I'd been in the military. I had done some things with my life, some worldly things with my life. Come on, somebody. Amen. See, but I, I didn't know that I wasn't God. See, I didn't know that revelation yet. But when I, when I seen that I needed a Savior, I just knew that he had my back. It felt like he was saying, well, Ian, what took you so long? And I just, I could help but not break down. Right? There's a difference between hearing about them. People, and it breaks my heart because people, people preach Jesus every day and people hear about Jesus every day and people reject Jesus every day. And I, I wonder how many times I rejected that invitation to come and see who Jesus was before I actually got born again and saved. It was probably in the thousands, maybe. All the times at school, all the times at college, all the times. How many times did I say no? And I'm just thankful that my time didn't run out before I said, yes, God. Before I came and saw for myself. Right? Because not everybody gets to experience that. Right? I'm thankful. I'm blessed. Let's look at that next point. And that kind of ties into what I'm saying. Because not everybody will open that free gift that is Jesus. It breaks my heart. And see, people say, well, if, if your God is so good, then why does he send people to hell? Guess what? He don't send nobody to hell. Amen. We send ourselves Hallelujah. by saying no over and over and over again. And so the invitation to come and see is given to everyone. Somebody say everyone. Doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, you're white, you're black, you're big, you're tall, you're small, whatever. From shepherds, here's the cool thing, to everyone, from shepherds who believe, who say yes, to skeptics even who will doubt. To those who will even bash Jesus, there's plenty of people out there doing that, perverting the gospel. And so, God invites all people to come, but not all people will believe, even when the truth is staring them in the face. Uh, and the, the, the beauty of God and his majesty, the Bible says, is plain and clear to anyone who is searching for God. He makes it plain and, and clear, and that's what I love about these Christmas carols, they make it so plain and and clear, but yet it's so, it's so beautiful and elegantly put together in a song of, of worship. But the Lord is just showing me that, yes, all are invited to come, but not all will accept that invitation or open that Christmas gift, so to speak. But that doesn't change the goodness of God. And it doesn't change, hear me, what we as believers are called to do, which is what? Live for God, believe in God. Share God, share the word of God to the world, the message of Jesus, right? Let's look at um, that next scripture. This is a, an extra scripture that I, I feel like the Lord wanted me to put in here for this morning. And so it's not on your paper outline, but it should be on the TVs. 
Okay, and this is a this is a familiar scripture. But I just feel like the Lord was showing me something through this familiar scripture that even the the the, the miracle of God is plain to see, but if we're so prideful, we'll we'll, we'll miss it. In John 9, 24 through 25, it says, A second time, they're talking about the Pharisees here, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. They're talking about Jesus. And the blind man replied, Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. Right? He's like, I, I don't know all the other stuff that y'all are talking about. You're telling me to tell the truth, and I'm going to tell the truth. I was blind, and now I see, right? Anybody else on the outside looking in, they actually had brought in the blind man's parents to confirm that he was born blind, and they did that. And so they had that piece of evidence and piece of information. And so they were, they were rejecting the gift, the, the revelation of who Jesus was, because they were, they were spiritually blind. Imagine this. God was trying to use a healed blind man to help heal the spiritually blind Pharisees. Because he was inviting them to come and see. God was even inviting the Pharisees, trying to break through their pride, break through their spiritual blindness and say, I'm inviting you to come and see what I've done. All you have to do is receive and believe that, that he, he is who he is. Uh, and that is free, that gift of, of freedom and salvation is for you too. But guess what? They didn't do that. Does that change the goodness of God? No. Right? So we all have that choice to make the, the message and the evidence of Jesus as Messiah is plain and clear. Y'all say that with me. Plain and clear. When you see the miracle of God, you, don't, you won't be talked out of it, right? Was that blind man going to be talked out of his miracle? Heckles, no. Heckles, no. That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> he was not going to be talked out of his miracle, right? Clean and clear. Let's look at Colossians uh, 1, 15 through 16. Here it is, right, in Scripture. Uh, we're talking about beholding Christ. As, as the Messiah, and it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You could preach that. I could stand here and preach that the rest of all morning. That one little statement. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. That's enough to, to bow down and worship because that's who he is. But it goes on. It says, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. If you read John 1.1, 1, 1, what does it say? In the beginning was the word. And the word was what? With God, before creation. And verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Through Christ now. Through the permission of Jesus now. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't even see. You know, there's spiritual realms going on, uh, spiritual warfare, things that you can't see that are going on. That's through the permission of Jesus. He's created the things we can't see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of this unseen world. Everything, somebody say everything, was created through him and for him. 
He's the king of kings. I say that probably every Sunday because it's true. There's no one above him. There's no name that can compare to him. Amen. He, everything was created through him and for him. Let's look at that next point. So there's kind of this, as we're breaking this Christmas carol down, as, as we, we've established that we're invited to come and see, something happens when we answer that call, that answer that invitation, and we go and see. Okay, it begins to take us deeper into our relationship with God. And so that next step, really, that next invitation, it compels us to do just that, come closer and deeper. That line in the, in the carol, it says, Oh, come and adore him. To adore means to love, respect, and worship him. Adoration demands, I love this, a bent knee, bowed head, and submitted heart. To adore is to love and respect and to value and to worship. Adoration demands a bent knee, bowed head, and submitted Heart. The true revelation of Christ, it brings us to a place of greater faith, deeper obedience, and a more powerful love. When I spend time with God on the daily, those things supernaturally happen in my life, and then they begin to, over time and over, I don't want to say practice, but walking it out these things begin to naturally just reproduce itself. It reproduces greater faith. That supernaturally begins to naturally happen in my life. It creates a deeper obedience. I once struggled with alcohol. Now say no to alcohol is easy. right? It's because of my daily cultivation with my coming and seeing and worshiping God and Jesus for who he is. And then I have a more powerful love in my life. Right? I can forgive uh, Pastor Jessica when she's being unforgivable right? through the blood of Jesus. Right? It's a more powerful love that I get to walk in and experience because I'm on the daily coming and seeing and worshiping because I've accepted that invitation that God is sending every day. And here's the cool thing when you adore, when you love something, no work is required. No work is required. As I shared as we were loving and adoring baby Xander, as we do on the daily. No work is required, right? I ain't struggling going home and just sitting with my son. So why do we struggle going and getting alone and sitting with God for five minutes or ten minutes? right? Because if I really love him, if I really adore him, y'all, that would just happen. Right? Come on, somebody. Am I speaking to somebody? Right? It, it just no work is required. You just simply love and you just simply do. I will just simply love Xander till the day he dies and I'll simply do whatever Xander needs me to do because I love and I adore him. It's that simple. When you love and adore God, you'll simply love and you'll simply do anything that he asks. Romans 2.4, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Doesn't this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God is patient and kind with us when we are being prideful, when we're spiritually blind, when we're, when we're saying no or not yet or I can't, God. We do a lot of I can'ts, right? 
And God says, well, you can. You're, you're, you're mighty and to, to pull down strongholds. You're mighty in Christ and you can do things. And so God loves you no matter what. I, I've shared that already this morning. and He loves us no matter what, really, because I think it's to enforce, uh, stronger reinforce, excuse me, our trust in him. Right? Because the Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners. He loved Ian before I said yes to him. And so if he loved me then, he for sure loves me now. Right? Sometimes we struggle in our minds. Oh, I just, I let God down so bad, I'm irredeemable. I, I can't believe I did that or I didn't do that. And we beat ourselves up and you got to remind, if God loved you when you're mess, he definitely loves you now. Right? Look how far he's taken you. And it's only because of him. It's nothing you've done. Right? And if you live your life that way, then you will, you'll see him for who he is and you'll know that he loves you. And it, it reinforces that trust. That yes, God, I can still trust you no matter what. That last point as we wrap up this Christmas carol today. And, and the, the, the cool thing, the little bow on top of the present is, is this last point. The invitation to come and see it then becomes a what? A commission. Because once you have seen, you can't help but go and tell. I know we use that word commission a lot, and so maybe some of us, we know what it is, but maybe we kind of don't know what it is. So guess what? Uh, as your pastor, I went ahead and looked it up for you. Uh, this is what the dictionary says commission means. It's an instruction, a command, or duty given to a person or a group of people. It's a command. It's a duty. It's, it's a responsibility. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sending. It's a going. It's a duty for individuals and a group of people, specifically the church, and that we are independently members of that same body of church, right? And we all have different gifts and we all have different talents, and in the invitation, when I come, God wants to invite me so he can bless me. He wants me to experience those miracles and those God moments in my life. They don't stop there. He wants to bless me, and then he wants me to go tell somebody about what I experienced. Right? Because he commands us and he commissions us to go do that, to tell somebody what we've seen. Uh, there's something for each and every one of us to do. There's someone for each and every one of us to meet. And guess what? You've yet to meet them. And the, the thing that's going to bring you together is going to be the blood of Jesus. There's going to be relationships that you have that are going to be forged together. And, and it's only because you, you were commissioned and you went and you, and, and, you, and you said and you shared what God has done in your life. And, and, and God's going to work in and through those new relationships, those new seasons, those new things. That last scripture I want to give you. We've already read it today. But it's Luke 2.17, right? It says, After seeing him... The shepherds, what? Told everyone what, they had, what that had happened and what the angel had said about them and about this child. When we see and when we know and when we experience God, we will tell somebody, anybody who will listen to us. Right? Those angels, just like the blind man, they were not going to be talked out of what they had experienced with God. Amen? And so I'm really going to kind of close the same way I closed last week because I know I'm speaking to some, some church-going folks. Some, most of us are born again and saved, I think. 
And this Christmas, the message of Christmas, that message, that invitation that says, come and see, it's still for you and, and for me. But really, I feel like the Lord is saying, we need to share that with somebody out there. If God is doing all these amazing things in my life, I need to begin to be transparent and share those with somebody. That invitation of God, that, that, that's available for them also. Right? Because that's what Christmas is all about. God so loved that he gave so that everyone who believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? Just their faith in Christ. Amen. Y'all want to join me as we pray and close? So, Father God, Lord, I love you. God, and I thank you. I thank you for this message, this Christmas message. Um, Lord, I pray that this season, this Christmas, we'd be reminded of that message, of what it means. That we'd see how blessed we are. God, that we'd see that, you know, you're calling us, you're commissioning us, you're, you're commanding us to not, to not hold those things in, but to freely share them. To reinforce the idea that God is real uh, and to prove and the evidence of things uh, that you're doing in our lives is the evidence of who you are. That you are real. I thank you that you're real and that you're involved in our lives. Lord, and right now I want to thank you, God. If you're here, I want to keep everybody praying. If you've already been born again or saved or you know the Lord, I want you to be praying for the lost right now. But maybe you're here today and maybe you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. And maybe you want to make that happen today. It's as simple as saying this. God, I realize I'm not God. I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm sick and tired of doing it this way. I'm sick and tired of being mad and angry and frustrated all the time. God, and I want your peace. God, I want your acceptance. God, I want to feel good for the first time in a long time. It's just that simple. If you want to do that, if you want to make that declaration, that you want to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior today. Right now, I want you to do this. I want you just to stand up. Stand up in this place. Get real with God. You say, man, Pastor Ian, why do I got to stand up in a public place? If the King of Kings is speaking to you right now and revealing that you and him are not right, why the heck would you say no? He is reaching out to you. He's talking to you. You know him. You can hear him. You can feel him. And if he's doing that, why would you say no? No one's looking at you. Everyone's praying actually for you right now. This is just your moment, you and God, and that's it. I'll give you a few more seconds if you want to make that decision today, a decision for Christ. Father God, well, Lord, we thank you for more time, Lord. I thank you that based on our deed, uh, based on our actions this morning, everyone in this place has, has shown that they're born again, they're saved. Lord, so I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that knowing that, we would go and we'd accept that call. We'd accept that commission. God, and we would be joyful and exuberant and thankful and blessed. God, we would share that with the world, Father. Lord, and so we thank you. Be with us as we go uh, and bless our families uh, this Sunday. Lord, and we're excited to come back next week. So we love you. God, we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Uh, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a big old hand.
Amen. Well, we're glad y'all came today. Okay, uh, y'all are dismissed. Hope to see you again next week. Y'all enjoy your Sunday. <laughs>